All right, as Patty said, we are uh, finishing up the series uh, today, uh, Divine Direction. That means next week we start a new series. We're going to start our uh, summer series uh, next week, uh, which is getting back to the story. If you remember, uh, we've been doing that for this will now be our third summer, which means we're going to finish up uh, the story this summer. And so we'll be doing the whole New Testament section uh, this summer. So it'll be great uh, Great way to spend your summer, just uh, walking your way through the story uh, of the New Testament with us. So that starts uh, next week. So hope you're going to be here and uh, get on the journey of uh, finishing, up, uh, finishing up the story. But for today, we uh, wrap up with uh, divine direction. And remember uh, what we've been doing week one. Uh, we basically said, hey, God is moving in a divine direction, right? That he has his plan, his movement. He is moving time in history toward uh, his end. And uh, we participate every day in our own decisions that we make. And so week two, uh, we said uh, basically, hey, as we're discerning these divine directions, these divine decisions, we want to make sure that they fit into where God is going, right? That our decisions ought to flow in the same direction uh, of where uh, God is going. And then last week, uh, you got the uh, ABCs, just a real practical message of uh, just following through in, in making those defined uh, decisions. Uh, and so you got the ABCs, and it ended with the D and the E. And do you remember what the D is? The D was the... Some of you weren't here, were you? You should have been here. D was the decision, I believe, right? Uh, right? And then there was an E. And the E was expect God to do something, right? Sure, you all knew that. That's why you're... Yeah, okay. Anyway, the D and E. Well, we're going to pick up today as we wrap up the series. We're going to pick up with the, uh, with the D uh, and the E. Expect God to do something. I mean, the real question becomes next. We've made the decision and somehow we feel this sense of relief like, uh, well, it's, it's over. So now what's next? What is it you uh, expect... Uh, uh, next as you move forward in the divine decision. Now, my experience is that quite often we make an initial kind of misstep, that once we make the decision and we start raising our expectations, uh, quite often uh, we will do something that's it's not bad, it's, it's okay, but it's, it's kind of not totally biblically accurate. And that is that we pause after the decision and we say, now God bless this decision, right? Anybody done that? I'll admit I've done that too, but it's, it's really kind of flawed theology when, they, when we do that, when we ask God to bless uh, our decision, right? Because if we're making a decision that is moving in a divine direction, right? If the decision you just made is flowing in the direction that God is already moving, if the decision you just made is according to God's word and according to God's will, guess what? He can't help but bless it. Right? I mean, if you've gone through divine direction, everything we've been talking about this whole series, if you've gone through the process of divine direction and you are joining your decision here with God's direction, with God's divine direction, with His decision, if you've moved through the ABCs and the end result is your decision is in line with and akin with and according to God's purposes, His word and His will, God can't help but bless that decision. You don't need to ask him to bless it. He's going to bless it. He can't help but bless it. So what is it we should be asking after we make the decision? 
we should be asking him to take the lead. Right? We should be asking him now to be aggressive in taking the lead. We believe, Lord, we're moving in your divine direction. We've made a decision that is in sync with your word. It's in sync with your will. This is where you want us to go. It's really not our decision. It's us fulfilling your will in our lives. And so, Lord, we want you to take the lead. Take the lead. If you look at uh, James 1, it says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. What kind of God do we have? Generous God. Exactly. You bet. And He will take the lead. He wants to take the lead. He wants to bless that decision, and He wants to take the lead uh, in our lives. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask Him, be sure that your faith is where? Your faith is in... Right. You see, the problem is often when we ask and say, God, will you bless my decision? We're asking him to bless what? My, (laughs) right? My decision. What we want to do in divine direction is make sure the decision that is made is not simply my decision, but it is his decision working through me. See the difference? We want to say from the get-go, Lord, we are making this decision and we believe this is where you want me to go. We believe this is your divine direction in our life. And so, Lord, we are asking you, a generous God, to step in and take the lead. Show me now. Show me the way. Right? Show me what comes next and take the lead. Proverbs says, fear of the Lord is the... Foundation, right? We're putting footings in out there. Did you notice that? Uh, they tell me those are really important. Yeah, that's what they tell me. They're really expensive, but they tell me they're really, really important, right? That you got to get the foundation stuff correct. You see, so we got to get the foundation stuff correct as we think about what comes next. Now, well, the foundation has to be, okay, we made this decision. We believe we're in God's will. We're, we're acting according to his word. And so now we believe that he will bless that. And so we're going to step forward, step ahead in faith because he is the foundation of what comes next. Not us. He becomes the foundation. So we say, Lord, you take the lead. Now, if he's the foundation and we're going to trust in him... This is a sticking point, this next one, for most of us. We need to be ready to do what he asks us to do in the way he asks us to do it. And the problem is that will not always make worldly sense. That will not always make worldly sense. Some of you right now are stuck because God is prodding you and prompting you to make a divine decision to do something different in your life according to His Word and His will, but somehow it doesn't make sense. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by this worldly standard, you need to become what? You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. You see, when we make these divine decisions, we need to step ahead in faith and stay consistent with His Word and His will, and it, all, it won't always match up with worldly wisdom. 
Because we make those next steps. We take those next steps in faith, not in worldly wisdom. We take the next steps in faith that God's got the lead. When the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, you go back to that story and you see that experience. They had no idea where to go next except God took the lead. He, he put a pillar of uh, cloud in front of them by day and a pillar of fire by night. And all they had to do was follow that. Just follow that. God always took the lead. Maybe it didn't make sense where they were going, but it didn't have to because that's where the cloud went. And so for us, we, we let him take the lead. And it won't always make sense to us of what he's asking us to do next. But we just take the step. If you look at Kings, uh, this is Solomon. And Solomon is now has the great burden of uh, governing, governing the nation. He says, Lord, boy, you've made me king instead of David here. Uh, I'm in the midst of your own chosen people. They're great. They're big. They're numerous. Too many to be counted. Give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well. Know the difference between right and wrong. And then he asks a great question. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? Who by himself? What is the answer to his question? Nobody. Who by himself can govern this great people? Nobody. Who by ourselves can accomplish this divine direction decision? Nobody. We can't. This is, this is divine direction decision-making that moves forward in faith, even if it doesn't always add up according to worldly wisdom. We don't move forward according to worldly wisdom. We move forward because we know, we believe, and we understand God has the lead, and we just follow. I've told uh, this before from the platform that when uh, I first accepted the call to come and be pastor uh, at Christ Church, uh, news got out uh, that I had done that. And, uh, man, I had colleagues call me and say, Bob, what in the world are you doing? Uh, that is a dying church. Why would you go to a dying church? Christ Church, are we a dying church? <laughs> no, you see, it didn't make any worldly wisdom. Didn't make any worldly wisdom. But it was a divine direction decision. That you just step forward in faith. Because you know God is taking the lead. You let God take the lead. And you, and you follow in His Word and you follow in His will just as much as you did as you made the divine decision. Follow? Get wisdom. It is what? It is the wisest thing you can do. See, the smartest thing you can do is not listen to the worldly wisdom, but follow God's wisdom. It is the wisest thing you can do. Following His Word, following His will. And so we step forward, not in worldly wisdom, we step forward in faith. We just step forward in faith. We do that because if we've made a divine decision that is consistent with God's Word and with God's will, right, and He can't help but bless, 
We're making that decision because we have a spirit compulsion that leads us to a spirit propulsion. How's that for a great rhyme? I worked on that one this week. A spirit compulsion for a spirit propulsion. What does that mean? Well, if you go to Acts 20, great Great verse. We're going to visit it a couple times this morning from the Apostle Paul. But he starts out in verse 22, and he says, And now I am bound by the Spirit. Now, the Greek that's behind the word bound has this image of, of someone being wrapped up uh, in, in a rope, right? That they're, they're wrapped up. They're bound uh, up, right? That they're, they're just wrapped up and bound up, and they can't act on their own. And he says, instead, they're they're bound up by the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit now has wrapped them up in this decision and is now pulling them in that direction, and they can't go any other direction. Right? They, they, They can't move in any other direction. They are just bound up, and the Spirit is pulling them, and it is impossible for them to do anything else. And he's saying, listen, that's what's happening to me. I am bound up in the Spirit. The Spirit has such a hold on me that, that it is now pushing me, driving me, pulling me. I cannot help but move in that direction. See, when we make a divine decision, that decision ought to be so wrapped up in the Holy Spirit that it now drives us ahead. It is consuming us. And therefore, it is also pushing us, propelling us into the next step. Paul is wrapped up. He is bound, and he has to move forward. He can't imagine not moving forward. When we make a divine decision, we're making a decision that that is consistent with God's will and God's word, and we're joining his will. And so the Spirit has to come along and just bind us, has to wrap us up in this decision and drive us forward so that we can't think of doing anything else. We are compelled uh, by the Spirit. Now, the problem for us is we may feel that pushing of the Spirit or that that pulling of the Spirit uh, in our lives, but once again we go to, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. And then we have this worldly problem of ours because we want to know the whole story of what comes next before we take the next step. You know what I mean? We'd like to know, okay, okay, Lord, we're going to follow you, but can you kind of tell us how this is going to work? Can, can you give us every step of the way of how this is going to work out? That's not the way it works. We just follow one day at a time. We're being bound up in the Spirit. We're being pushed forward, and we push forward in faith, and we just do it for the day. Psalm says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway of your life. Which kind of pathway? The best, right? You see, that's just what we believe. You see, when you make a divine direction decision, God is not going to lay out for you how it's going to all unfold. He's just going to give you the blessing, the assurance that it's going to unfold, it's going to be blessed, and it's going to go His way. And we just walk forward every single day in faith. Our goal is not to know the end result, how long, how exactly, what are the details. We just be faithful for the day. We follow his footsteps for the day, right? 
if we knew the end story, how many of you uh, record, you know, sporting events? And you've recorded the sporting events and you go the whole day saying, don't tell me the score, don't tell me the score. And then you hear the score. What happens? Right? You end up not even watching the game a lot of times, right? See, we don't need to know the details of what comes next. We just know God is in it. And so we step forward in faith. We just serve for the day. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, a light to my path. I promise it once. I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations for today. When we make this divine direction decision, we just step into that decision in faith. We don't worry about worldly wisdom. We just follow whatever God leads us. We let him take the lead. And we do it one day at a time. Just one day at a time we serve for the day. As we do that, we should expect resistance. Okay? This is back to Acts 20 again. Remember Paul's saying he's bound by the Spirit. He's being driven forward by the Spirit. He says, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city, the jail and suffering lie ahead. What does he expect lies ahead? Jail and suffering. Okay, how many in the house expect jail and suffering when you go out tomorrow? If you don't, maybe you're not in the right position to be used by God. I'm just saying. You see, what we do is we make a divine decision and we expect, well, okay, we're inside God's Word and we're inside God's will, and so everything ought to go smooth. No. Absolutely not. Stay alert. Watch out. Because there's a great... Christ Church, you got to know this. In the next year and a half, while this building is being built, we are going to meet resistance. Because the evil one is shuddering in fear at the possibilities of what's going to happen when that new building opens up. And the lives that are going to get touched and changed. Expect resistance. It can be subtle. Some of you made really good sacrificial commitments to the Greater Things campaign, and there's the subtle voice, don't know if I can do it. Don't know if I can complete it. Some of you are thinking about it. Some of you haven't made a commitment yet, and you're still there saying, don't know if I can do it. You see, expect resistance. The evil one does not want this to succeed. When you go out every day, if you're in divine direction and you're moving in God's will and you're moving in His desire and you're taking steps forward in faith, you ought to expect resistance because the evil one does not want you to stay faithful. The evil one is afraid when we make divine decisions and we step forward in faith. Joshua called to go take the promised land, 
<laughs> Evil one was shaken at that idea. And yet God says, this is what I command, be strong and courageous. Do, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, if you're meeting resistance, you've made a divine decision, and you're meeting resistance, don't get discouraged. That just may be evidence you're doing the right thing, that you made the right decision. Because we should expect, we should expect resistance. So let's not get tired of doing what is good and just. That means for us, ultimately, we focus on the bigger thing that's going on, right? We get wrapped up in the divine decision, but that divine decision, back to where we start, is part of something so much bigger than ourselves. Paul, again, in the same chapter 20 of Acts, says, But my wife, life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me. bigger. It was about advancing the kingdom of heaven. Just one more person, just one more person coming to understand the truth about Jesus Christ. Let me give you a great example of what that looks like in divine decision. other times yet he sat there and said no we're going to wait around two days why did he wait two days because his divine decision was about something bigger than himself and Lazarus Lazarus life and death was about something bigger than just himself he said nope uh uh-uh this happened for God's glory. See, when you make a divine decision, it's not about you. It should be in sync with God's will and God's word and God's purpose. As you move forward, you step into that because you know through this divine decision, as you take that step of faithful, even though you meet with resistance, ultimately, it's going to bring God glory. Whatever happens, just be faithful to the day, and whatever happens, it is going to bring God glory. So the challenge for this series for us is a simple one. Just take the step.
and putting off, right? Uh, so there's sheets there. Pass them on down the row, and uh, we'll take some time to think about uh, how we are in God's divine direction.